going on, everyone? My name is Jamon McKinney, or you can just call me Juice because that is my nickname. Welcome to the Juice Alert, everyone. If you have not subscribed to the Juice Alert on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the Juice Alert on YouTube. And also, you can find the Juice Alert on podcasting platforms. That includes Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that great stuff. Be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends if you enjoy, and leave me a good rating and review as well. Today, I'm joined by a very good friend of mine. His name is Joe Disher. He's been on the show in the past. The last time he was on the show we talked some Detroit Lions football, and today we're talking about NFL general managers. Joe Disher, my good friend, goes to the University of Cincinnati. He's majoring in sports administration, and he aspires to one day become an NFL general manager. Now, um, we're going to talk about who's the top five GMs in the NFL at the moment. We'll talk about who's the most underrated general manager, who's an overrated general manager, pretty much everything NFL general managers and team building we're talking in this episode on the Juice Alert. You can follow my good friend Joe Disher on Twitter. His Twitter is at J-O-E underscore D-I-S-C-H-E-R. His other Twitter account in which he uses to talk about the NFL draft once the draft season rolls around, that Twitter account is at D-E-T-D-R-A-F-T-G-U-R-U. And his Instagram is J underscore D-I-S-C-H-E-R. Once again, we have a great show lined up for you guys today. I'm not going to waste too much more time. Appreciate you, Joe, for coming on the show. I've known my good friend Joe since kindergarten. We were on the same um, varsity baseball team. That team went on to win two straight um, state championships in Ohio. You know, we were on a very good varsity baseball team in high school. That was very fun. And once again, I present to you guys a very good show with my good friend Joe Disher. Hope you guys enjoy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Juice Alert. I'm joined by a dear good friend of mine. Some of you may be familiar with him a little bit based on a couple episodes I've dropped. You know, his name is Joe Disher, you know, and today we're talking everything general managers as far as NFL goes. You know, for those of you that do not know, Joe's a good friend of mine. Um, I went, He went to high school with me. Uh, I know him from kindergarten, and he's a guy that goes to the University of Cincinnati, majoring in sports administration, and he hopefully one day aspires to be an NFL general manager. And obviously, Joe has to work his way up and things of that nature. Me personally, if you don't know already, I'm an aspiring sports analyst. So I'm kind of the guy that, you know, is on the television, behind the scenes, you know, your podcaster, your radio guy. But he's the guy that's going to be making decisions on the field, hopefully maybe in the future one day. So, yeah, Joe, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. About ready to talk about my favorite subject. I know you're excited about this. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the top – five GMs in the NFL. We'll give actually our top five GMs. Um, we'll talk about who's maybe the best general manager in all football in the NFL right now. Um, we'll talk about some GMs that we maybe don't like, you know, some philosophies that we really hate as fans or as evaluators of general managers and everything general managers, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, Joe, I'm going to start off with you. Um, you know, I think that most people, actually a lot of people don't realize that Bill Belichick is basically acting as the general manager of the Patriots. And he's done a great job in New England. You know, he, he's done really, really well. You know, obviously, the Super Bowl speak for themselves. Obviously, you got a guy like Tom Brady. You've got very good teams. That does help. 
But Bill Belichick does an excellent job of managing that team, you know, finding the right guys, you know, looking at draft steals, you know, managing the cap space. He has a, a say in everything. So, honestly, I'd probably say if you're do, if you're going to count Bill as a true GM, which most people do, he's probably the best in the sport. Maybe you disagree with me, but I think that he's the best in the sport. But outside of Bill Belichick, who personally do you think, or maybe if you don't think Bill Belichick's the best GM, who do you think is arguably the best general manager in all sports. For me, I'm going to go with a guy like Howie Roseman. I think Howie Roseman, you know, what he's done speaks for itself. You know, obviously a couple years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. You know, I think that you have to give Howie Roseman credit. First of all, he traded to get Carson Wentz, which was a very good move in that draft, you know, of acquiring talent. You know, I think that he's done a great job of building his teams up front because when you build in the trenches – it allows you to have flexibility with flexibility with your roster. You're always going to have a very good defensive line if you have very good trench players that helps out the secondary. Okay, so that's one thing. But also, if you don't have the best wide receivers or tight ends in the world, if you have protection, that helps out your quarterback scan the field, you know, get the ball to the playmakers, and it allows your offense to at least be serviceable and allows you to have a real running game. And listen, we've seen some teams in the past, you know, if you don't have a good offensive line, you're probably not going to win a whole, whole bunch of games. Look at Cleveland last year. Cleveland's offensive line was a mess. And they had so many good players on the outside, but Baker Mayfield was struggling. And the protection was not good in Cleveland. And that's a big reason why they failed last year, because they could not block good defensive lines up front. So I think that Howie Roseman is the best general manager going right now outside of Belichick. We'll get to a couple other general managers, that we, general managers that we feel good about. We'll give our top five in no order very shortly. But what are your thoughts on Belichick, you know, and maybe who's the best general manager in the sport outside of Bill if it's not Bill already? Okay, so I definitely really like Bill. I mean, you can't say Bill hasn't done a good job. I mean, <laughs> all the Super Bowls speak for themselves. And to your Roseman point, uh, I also do really like Howie Roseman. But my top GM in the sport is actually a little different. So I'm going to go with Brett Veach, the Chiefs general manager. Now, I'm not going to try and live in the moment too much because it's kind of the start of their uh, run, kind of the start of their uh, dynasty, if you would say. But results matter. I mean, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-recently so, Veach has drafted Mahomes, okay? No one thought he'd be this good. The talent was there. Everyone knew the talent was there, but he's still very raw coming out of Texas Tech, and he didn't really know how to read defenses, but Veach traded up for Mahomes, and he did a very good job with his development and having the right weapons for him and building the scheme around him. Now, it helps to have Andy Reid, an offensive genius, um, but let's look at what Beach has done, okay? Just two weeks ago, re-signed Chris Jones when everyone think they wouldn't be able to, okay? So he found the money to go re-sign Chris Jones, which is definitely, uh, who's definitely a top D-tackle in the league. He goes out and gets Tyron Matthew. That pickup was huge. I mean, that pickup was so underrated. People kind of forgot about Tyron Matthew. I mean, this is the honey badger we're talking about. This guy really, like, transformed their defense. Their defense was not good two years ago. You bring in Matthew, who's the QB of that defense, and really just played a great role in improving that defense. And, 
I mean, without him, I really don't think they win a Super Bowl. I, I mean, he made such a difference on that team that it was just huge. Now, you get Sammy Watkins, okay? You bring him in. That was, he made a huge play in the Super Bowl, okay? And Watkins kind of, res- I'm not going to say he resurrected his career in Kansas City, but he wasn't a bust. He just didn't live up to expectations in Buffalo, you know? He comes out of Clemson, drafted number four overall, I believe, and he played, like, maybe a late first-round receiver or a second-round receiver. He didn't play, like, a top-five pick, but when he made that play in the Super Bowl, beating Richard Sherman, I mean, and that was just huge. I'm not going to say it was the turning point, but it was definitely one of them. Um... And, I mean, Veach, he goes out, he gets an undrafted free agent in Damian Williams to rush for over 100 yards in the Super Bowl. I mean, we talked about the Lions failing to get a 100-yard rusher. This guy is not even a, not even using a draft pick to use to get his number one running back. I mean, that's insane. Uh, that's crazy good. And one of the most underrated parts about the whole Chiefs team was their corners, okay? Can anyone listening right now name a Chiefs corner? Because I can't, okay? Rashad Breeling, but I, I, I researched the teams. I researched the teams. Not common exactly. answer. Fans probably know who he is. This guy had no-name corners, okay? I, I forget his name. I genuinely forget the dude's name. It wasn't Breeland. It was the other guy. Undra- I don't even th- I don't know if he was undrafted or like a sixth-round pick or something. I watched a film analysis on him. This guy was insane. I mean, he's not a Jalen Ramsey, but he's out here balling and just locking dudes up. And, I mean, to go out and evaluate guys who no one really knows about, bring them in and have them ball out for you and win a Super Bowl with them, I mean, it just speaks for itself. Uh, I mean, he's built a great team in that building, uh, a great culture, great tradition there at the stadium. I mean, Arrowhead is one of the most lethal places to play. No one wants to play there. The chance they do, you know, the fans are amazing. I think Veach just runs the team, fills the team with talent almost perfectly. So that that's my guy. Got it, got it. Now, actually, Brett Veach was number two on my list. If you just take away Bill Belichick, you know, I want to kind of touch on him a little bit because I was very close to picking Veach as my best GM. You know, I think that I kind of went with the guy that's been doing it for a, a lot longer than Veach, which is Howie Roseman, how he's done it for about 10 years. You know, we'll see what Veach presents to the table for the next, you know, couple of years because his future is definitely bright. But man, I got, I want to praise him a little bit more because it's hard to make changes when you're a good team. You know, we look at the Toronto Raptors a couple years ago, you know, when they had the best record in the East, but their general manager, Messiah Jiri, basically said, hey, Dwayne Casey, I like you, but we got to let you go even though you just won Coach of the Year. That's literally what Howie Roseman did. Uh, not Howie Roseman, I'm sorry. That's literally what Brett Veach did by deciding to move over Patrick Mahomes. And listen, I believed in Mahomes, but a lot of people did not believe in Mahomes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I felt Mahomes was going to be the best player in the sport. But I saw a legit quarterback that, if, if given the right time, he could be good. But a lot of people did not believe in Mahomes. And Brett Veach believed in Mahomes and said, hey, we're going to move off of Alex Smith, who just won 12 games the previous year, and who's a good quarterback. 
But we see the trend of the NFL, the big arm quarterback that pushes the ball down the field. And we're going to embrace the Big 12 quarterback that puts up numbers that may not be the sexiest pick, and they trade up to get Mahomes. And I think that that's one of the biggest steals that I've ever seen based on how Mahomes projects as a player. And even guys like Kareem Hunt, you know, you look, Kareem Hunt's no longer on the team, but in 2017, Brett Veach found a guy out of Toledo named Kareem Hunt, who was a very underrated player that found his way to lead the league in rushing. By the way, go Toledo Rockets. That is my college, okay? Shout out to them. But yeah, man. I like I like what he's doing, and listen, he gets things done. You know, I look at my Green Bay Packers, you know, we've kind of wasted away Aaron Rodgers' prime, you know, and things of that nature by not getting him a defense, not making the necessary coaching decisions and, and changes. Brett Veach realized that, hey, man, listen, we saw the Patriots come into our building and lay the smack down on us in the AFC Championship game. We need to fire that defensive coordinator. We need to get some real talent while Mahomes is on his rookie, on his rookie deal and get, get him a decent defense because we know Mahomes is great, but I'm sorry, that offense for three and a half quarters was not looking too good. That defense was a big reason they won the Super Bowl. So big shout out to Brett, Brett Veach, man. He's done a great job. Now, I want to kind of get your thoughts on who's some other GMs that you feel good about. You know, give me your top five general managers, okay? I'm just going to get mine briefly right here. Number one is Bill Belichick. I think that's enough said based on what he's done the last, you know, two decades with the Patriots, continuing to recycle players and get the most bang for his buck. I mean, the fact that he got Cam Newton for $1 million per year virtually, that's one of the biggest steals I've ever seen. Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization continue to steal away good players and get the best bang for their buck. I think Brett Veach, he's, he's a guy that's in my top five. I'm not going in order. I'm just going to kind of tell you the f- top five guys in no particular order. Um, so I'm going to go with Veach. I already talked about Howie Roseman and how he was able to build the Philadelphia Eagles to winning a Super Bowl. You know, he, he built a great roster. I think that his his success speaks for itself. I'm going to go Kevin Colbert, Colbert next, okay? Kevin Colbert has done a great job of surrounding Big Ben Rosberger with a lot of talent at wide receiver, you know, tight end, offensive line. He was able to fix the defense by acquiring Megan Fitzpatrick in a deal that a lot of people actually criticized, but that turned out to be very good. He got Devin Bush. He's fixed the defense. He's built a very good team. In the last 10 seasons, the Steelers have not had a losing season. That's pretty impressive. So I got to go with him in my top five. And then last but not least, I'm going to go with John Snyder. Now, is his method always perfect? No. It, does he, you know, kind of present a team that relies on Russell Wilson too much? Yeah, probably. But guess what? Oh, he drafted Russell Wilson. He found that guy. He was he he was able to, you know, find Russell Wilson and say, hey, let's take a chance on this, you know, barely five foot eleven quarterback that was coming out of Wisconsin who had some questions. And his ability to find players in the late rounds, that's what impresses me the most, you know, finding Bobby Wagner finding Richard Sherman, managing the cap, and and building a very good team that Seattle, you know, rode to two straight Super Bowls. Obviously, they did not become a dynasty. Sorry, Pete Carroll not running the, the ball on that one-yard line still really stings me to this day just as a football fan. But I'm kind of happy because I'm a Packers fan, and they beat us in the NFC Championship game. But, yeah, man, those are my five guys. I got to go with Belichick, Veach, Roseman, Colbert, Snyder, in no particular order. Who are your five guys? All right, so I definitely like your list. I mean, you cannot go wrong. Any of the guys that we both named, you cannot go wrong with any of them. They've all proven themselves, all great guys. Um, so I my list is actually a little different from yours, uh, which is pretty good for the sake of the video, I believe. Um, obviously, I talked about Brett Beach. I'd probably put him at one, uh, but, I mean, 
Bill Belichick, hands down, there's no denying the greatness of the Patriots organization. I mean, they have been a dynasty for over 15 years. I mean, the NFL is literally built to prevent teams from doing what the Patriots did. I mean, the cap room, the reverse snake draft, uh, when the best team gets the worst pick, it prevents teams from being good for more than a decade. But the Patriots did it, and Belichick's just his, he has a knack for finding talent, especially talent that can fit his system. I mean, you can, he brings in Edelman. I mean, you can go on and on about all the amazing guys Belichick has brought in. Edelman was a quarterback. You know, they converted him to a wide receiver. Exactly. I mean, he brings in guys that you never thought would be good, and he just turns them into stars. And he's just, this is a little bit of a different point, but I think both Brady and Belichick are great. I don't think one is better than the other. I think they just worked so good together for 15 years that, I mean, it won them a bunch of rings, more rings than anyone else has. So, I'll move off of Belichick for a little bit, just because you also talked about him. Uh, My next three guys are actually three guys that you did not have on the list, um, but just guys that I I like the job they've done, okay? So, in no particular order, I'm going to start with John Lynch of the 49ers. Uh, He's only been there three years, okay? So, a lot of the guys you talked talked about had been there. They had established themselves, you know. Kevin Colbert's been there for a lot of years, you know. Howie Rosen's been there. Um... John Lynch has only been here three years, I believe. Uh, But, I mean, it's you. Look what he did with the 49ers. I mean, he got them to a Super Bowl. And let's be real, they should have won that game. Like you said, the the Chiefs' offense was nowhere to be found. The uh, 49ers' defense was dominating that game. But one play was the cause of it. And then Jimmy G failed to hit Emmanuel Sanders on the game-winning drive. And the rest is history. But... You look at Lynch, um, he's drafted extremely well. I mean, this is one of the best talent evaluators at the GM position. I mean, Nick Bosa, obviously, I mean, he's he went like four years in a row with the lineman in the first round. That's unheard of, but it worked out amazing for him. Um, a guy I like to look at is Dre Greenlaw. I mean, Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-round pick. No one knows who he is until this year, and he plays out of his mind. I mean, he was a beast at the middle linebacker position for them. Definitely one of the better middle linebackers in the game this past year. Um, And he just built a great scheme. I'm not saying I agree with the ground-and-pound scheme in today's game, but, I mean, it really should have worked for him to carry him to a Super Bowl. A bunch of running backs, you build a great O-line, you get a great play caller as your head coach, and you just roll with it. I mean, I think he's done a really good job drafting, and I just admire what he's done. Uh, moving on, I have Eric DeCostra for the Ravens. So I love what DeCostra has done. Probably, if not the best roster, easily a top three roster in the whole NFL. And it is crazy to me that, you know, we have three years ago, go back three years ago, Joe Flacco is old as dirt, and he's on the decline. And I think 
everyone in the NFL world was expecting the Ravens to head into, you know, a pretty decent-sized rebuild. Everyone on that team was retiring, you know, Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis has been out of the game for a while, but other guys on the Ravens' defense, the Ravens have been known for that defense. And a lot of guys were retiring, getting old. So everyone's thinking, okay, well, they're going to go into a rebuild. Not so fast. They did not tank whatsoever. They draft Lamar. You, you take a flyer on Lamar, um, the Heisman-winning quarterback, and wow, did that work out. I mean, I, I liked Lamar. I thought he was going to be a good quarterback, but if you say you saw this coming from Lamar Jackson, you're flat-out lying. But one of the biggest reasons Lamar is so good is because DeCastra built the scheme the perfect way for Lamar. Would Lamar Jackson thrive in Kansas City's offensive scheme? Eh, probably not. But he fits his scheme perfectly with the QB run, the QB options, and then they can let Lamar fling it. Because he, he is a good passer, but he is an extremely good runner. Um, and it, it's crazy. I know you will agree with me on this point. They picked about 28 this year. I'm pretty sure the Ravens have the 28th pick. That is correct. That is correct. Getting Patrick Queen, that was a steal. 28th pick this year, and they might have had the best draft in the entire NFL. Like, are you kidding me? You're picking bottom four, and you get Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Ben Bredesen from Michigan. Oh, uh, there, there was other guys, too. I forget. Malik Harrison, they, they got a very talented defensive tackle from Texas A&M, Devin Duvernier, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes, exactly. Just like you said, I mean, that is a bunch of guys. Like, I mean, like I said earlier, everyone thought the Ravens three years ago were probably going to tank, and now they're competing for the AFC. And, I mean, they could very well win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, they got an absolute squad. DeCastro has brought in some amazing pieces. Um, just the whole line is really good. A lot of great things about the Ravens. And then my final guy, my fifth guy, I'm going to go with Mickey Lunas from the Saints. Um, you know, the Saints have had some playoff misfortune and they get a lot of criticism because they're, they're a regular season team and then you get to the playoffs and they always seem to come up short. Well, that doesn't take away from the fact that they have one of the best rosters in the league still. And a lot of it is Lunas. I mean, all of it is because of Lunas. The Saints were a team like mm, four years ago, I'd say, where it was Drew Brees or nothing. That defense was pitiful. They had no one on the defense. The defense was a joke. Well, Lunas comes out, drafts Marshawn Lattimore at 10, which was a steal. And I think that really skyrocketed that defense. You know, you got Lattimore, you got uh, Cam Jordan. Uh, who, who was the DN they drafted uh, last year? Was it Davenport? Davenport? Yep, Marcus Davenport. They got him. I think he's going to be really good. I hope he'll be good. But the Saints just have a really good team. I mean, Michael Thomas in the second round. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Top three receiver in the league in the second round. Like, unbelievable. Uh, and I think the O-line is really good, too. I mean, you got away with robbery trading Jimmy Graham for uh, the center. That was a great trade for them. 
and uh, their offensive line is going to be really good this year. I mean, they picked... Okay, listen to this. Ryan Ramchek was... Uh, he was either the last or the second-to-last pick in the first round when he was taken. Yep, late-round pick. Let, let, First-round pick, that was a late pick, yeah. And, you know, those guys, they, they kind of took... They took a flyer on Ramchek. They traded back up into the draft, I believe, for him, actually. And he's one of the best tackles in the game now. They have him, Teron Armstead. So you need two great, or you need two good tackles. They have two great tackles. They have good guards. They went out and got Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, who was the best center in the draft. And I just really like the team Mickey Lunas has built. I think, I think the Saints are probably the favorite in the NFC this year, with, along with, you know, some other teams, but it's it's fair to say that they might very well be the favorite. Um, so, yep, those are my five guys. Uh, obviously, you can't go wrong with really any of the top ten GMs in the league, I'd say, but uh, those are some of the guys I really like. Gotcha, gotcha. So, in no particular order, I have uh, Veach, Belichick, Roseman, um, Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, John Snyder. So I got the Patriots GM, uh, Belichick, Chiefs GM, uh, Eagles GM, um, Steelers GM, and Seahawks GM. And you have, say it again, in top five in no order. So I have Veach, who is from the Chiefs, uh, Belichick from the Patriots, John Lynch from the 49ers, uh, Eric DeCostra from the Ravens, and uh, Mickey Lunas from the Saints. Got it, got it. Okay, so me and my good friend Joe are going to be transitioning to who's the most underrated general manager in all football at the moment, heading into the 2020-21 NFL season. Now, you mentioned this guy earlier. He's in my most underrated category. I'm going to go Mickey Loomis, you know, and he took over in 2013. It was choppy a little bit early, you know, but you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. He's done a great job of giving Drew Brees an extra opportunity to try to win a Super Bowl at such an older age, you know, the fact that he's built this great of a team around Drew Brees in this short amount of time is really shocking to me. You know, the last three years, you can make the argument the Saints have had the best roster in the entire NFL. You know, we talk about the 2016 draft, getting Michael Thomas in the second round, drafting Sheldon Rankins, drafting Von Bell. You know, you look at the 2017 draft, stealing Marshawn Lattimore, you know, stealing Ryan Ramsey, stealing Alvin Kamara. I mean, the way they've, you know, maneuvered trades, they just recently got Emmanuel Sanders, you know. That, that wasn't a trade, but, you know, he's made some decent trades. You know, they've managed the draft very well. He has a very good eye for personnel. And I don't think anyone really talks about him. So that's why I have him in the underrated category. If I were to say someone else, I'd probably mention the Buffalo Bills general manager. And I forget his name. I, I apologize for not being prepared for that. But, yeah, I think that he's done a very good job. And if Josh Allen pops this year, I mean, I look at the defense, the offensive line, the way they retooled that thing. You know, good wide receivers training for digs. Buffalo's got something cooking. But I'm going to go Mickey Loomis as the most underrated general manager. The New Orleans Saints GM. I think he's done a great job. Who's your most underrated general manager at the moment? All right. So uh, this is this was a hard question for me. But uh, it's funny. You actually mentioned my answer. Uh, Brandon Bean is his name from the Bills. He, man, I like Brandon Bean. Um, he's definitely what I'd say the mo- my most underrated GM. Uh, no one really knows who he is, but if we look at what he's done with the Bills team, the Bills were almost a joke for a while. I mean, they've been known for their crazy fans and the Bills mafia, but like they haven't really ever been known for the football team itself. 
But uh, Bean is really changing that and creating the culture there in Buffalo. I mean, if you look at some of the players he's got, okay, he's drafted Tredavious White, Ed Oliver, which was a steal at nine overall, Corey Ford, your starting right tackle in the second round, Devin Singletary was a third-round pick, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, he's great at the middle line, middle linebacker position. I mean, you trade Stephon Diggs with Minnesota. The Bills made the playoffs this past year with Josh Allen being like a shaky quarterback. And that offense wasn't great by any means. I mean, you, you look at you look at the offense, okay? They have Josh Allen, above average QB, but hasn't really been amazing yet. Hasn't popped yet. Hasn't popped yet. Still developing. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you have uh, Devin Singletary, pretty good running back, not elite, but like you look at the weapons. I mean, who was their number one last year? John Brown? I mean... Their starting tight end is Dawson Knox. Like nothing against these guys, but they're not they're not world beaters. So they they want to get more explosive and with better targets, and they get Stephon Diggs. Perfect trade. I mean, you're sitting there. They have the twenty uh, second pick, I believe, twenty second, twenty third, and they didn't really like any of the guys on the board. So why not go get an established receiver in Stephon Diggs? And I think if Josh Allen can hit his full potential as a thrower of the football, man, really watch out for Buffalo. They might start looking to take that division. Honestly, uh, they draft really, really well. I mean, I mentioned some of the guys he drafted, and this has all been recently. I mean, this is all within the last three years. We saw what Buffalo did to Dallas on Thanksgiving this past year. Now, Dallas is a controversial team. They're not a great team, but Dallas isn't a bad team, you know, and they went into Jerry World and curb stomped them Cowboys, and I don't think anyone was expecting that on Thanksgiving, I mean, pretty much everyone I saw was picking the Cowboys, like, ah, Cowboys versus Bills, this probably won't even be that good of a game, but I think that was the week where America kind of woke up to the Bills, like, okay, this team might be something serious here, like, they got a young squad, I mean, they embarrassed the Cowboys that day. And I think Bean has a really great future in front of them, uh, especially if they can start winning some playoff games, which I think they will. I mean, they almost won a playoff game this year to the Texans, but Deshaun Watson reminded people that he's Deshaun Watson, and he made the most magical play of the year almost, where, you know, everyone knows the play with two Bills guys hit Watson at the same time for a sack, and somehow he got away from it and hit his receiver for a 30-yard gain and put him in the field goal range to win. I mean, that was a great game. I remember watching it uh, at the restaurant I was at. And, uh, I mean, it sucks the Bills had to lose because I really do like Brandon Bean. I've watched some videos on him. But um, I think think he's definitely my answer for the most underrated GM. Yeah, and to circle back to your Cowboys point, you know, the Dallas Cowboys had stars. You know, you look at Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, um, I don't think Dak Prescott's all that great, but a lot of people know who he is, you know. The Cowboys have some real stars, but you look at Buffalo, they don't, they're, they're not the f- most flashy team. They didn't go out and sign a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, who's on the free agent block. You know, I don't think that he was going to be there, you know, because he was very expensive. But yeah, you look at some of the moves Buffalo's made, they don't make these big name moves. They don't go after star players. 
they find guys that fit their system, fit their scheme, and they just go about their business. And I think Buffalo's doing some good things. So, yeah, I like that answer right there. Now, let's circle to who are the GMs that make us the most angry. Um, You know, we could talk about maybe some owners that have kind of, you know, sort of taken on the GM role, like Mike Brown in Cincinnati. He kind of acts as the general manager. I think that he did a good job a couple of years ago um, building a very solid team around Andy Dalton, but that team flamed out, and it took him a while to get rid of Marvin Lewis. I've spoken about Marvin Lewis multiple times. Not a fan of the guy. Not a good head coach at all. But, yeah, I, I will give him credit for building a top-five team for about a five-year stretch. But outside of that, didn't make the big-time trades. Really let the team go into the tank, and thank God they got Joe Burrow because there really was no true direction for the Bengals before they got Joe Burrow. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at Mike Brown. You can look at Daniel Snyder, you know, the owner of the Washington football team who was kind of acting sort of, sort of as the GM, even though, you know, Bruce Allen was awful as well as GM. But the GM that's a true GM that really annoys me is David Caldwell, the GM of the Jaguars, you know. He's been there for seven years, and 2017, okay, I'll give you a cookie, but that's a one-hit wonder, you know. The team fell off a cliff after 2017. He's done a horrible job of consistently putting together a very solid product on the field. I get it. Your players have to go out there and play. I get it. Jalen Ramsey bailed on you, on your team a little bit, but there's just really no direction with the Jaguars, and I just think that he's really done a poor job of sustaining success and allowing those players to come back for second contracts. I mean, virtually the whole defense is gone. I mean, you look at Darius, you look at Boye, and he's not gotten a lot of a lot of value back from his trade, to my opinion. The Boye trade was a bad one. And, yeah, I'm just not really feeling what the Jaguars are doing. I think that they did a good job of getting Garner Minshew as a late-round pick, but they've done a horrible job of building around the guy. I feel sorry for him. So that's my most... Hated GM, quote unquote, or a GM that I think's the probably the worst in the sport at the moment. That's a true GM. Um, what are your thoughts and who's your worst general manager or a GM that you just don't like right now? So totally agree on your Caldwell point. I mean, the Jaguars are probably gonna have the number one pick this year. Uh look for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, say a prayer for Trevor Lawrence if he has to go to Jacksonville. They're in for a long rebuild. Uh so, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. Now, I got two guys I want to talk about. <laughs> I, I know you're really going to like this first guy I'm going to talk about. So, uh, number one, Bill O'Brien. My, oh, my. Oh, Lordy. I mean, America knows Bill O'Brien is a terrible GM. Why would anyone, I mean, I get why you want to, but why would you let someone be the coach and the GM. He, this man is not Bill Belichick. Stop it. This man is not Bill Belichick. He should not be the GM of this team. Okay? He needs to strictly... He's not even that good of a coach, if we're being honest. He he could have gotten fired as a coach years ago. Honestly. So, it, it's weird. The, the Texans is a weird team, okay? Because they have their franchise QB, but they got nothing else now. And what's funny is five years ago, four years ago, the biggest problem with the Texans was that they had a lot of talent, but they had no QB at all. I mean, who did they have there? Tom Savage. They bring in Brock Osweiler on a big contract. That was horrible. That back, I mean, that was just one of the worst signings ever. Well, 
They go out, draft Deshaun Watson. I think they traded up for him, too, which I really applaud the move. But they get Watson, franchise QB. You can make the case he's a top-five QB in the league right now. But they've gotten rid of all the talent around him. I mean, like, he has made some of the most questionable trades I have ever seen. How do you only get a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the game, okay? DeAndre Hopkins, they get a second-round pick for him. Are you kidding me? Stephon Diggs got the number 23 overall pick, and you get number 42 or whatever it is from uh, D-Hop. I mean, that, that that's just terrible. I had to go with Bill O'Brien here for one of my choices. Now, I could, we could go on and on about Bill O'Brien, but I'll cut him some slack. Now, I don't think you're expecting me to talk about this second guy because you actually had him in your five top in your top five GM. So Mm. I'm not going to say this guy's a bad GM because he's not. He's won a Super Bowl. It is uh, John Snyder from Seattle. Okay, go ahead. Fire away. Fire away. Um, not a bad GM at all. But I do not understand him at all, okay? Now, the Seahawks are obviously a good team. So like I said, he can't be a bad GM because they are a really, really good team. But this man is totally oblivious to his team needs, okay? How is the O-line still this bad? Their offensive line has been bad for like the decade. I mean, who do they have on that O-line? It is pitiful how this man refuses to get any O-lineman when he has a top two quarterback in the league, okay? He just relies on Russ too much, in my opinion. Like, Russ is carrying you to the playoffs every single year, okay? How are there still no good pieces on the D-line, okay? He went out and got clowned. Okay, I applaud him for that. That was a good that was a good trade, you know. Clowney Clowney's really good. Maybe they can re-sign Clowney. They desperately need him on that D-line. Maybe maybe I'm totally oblivious, but I do not really know any of the guys on that D-line. You know, they have had a lot of busts on that D-line. So, I'm go- I'm going to go into his in, into his draft picks. This is what I want to focus on as kind of a questionable GM, which I think he is. Like you said earlier, he can draft in the late rounds. There's no denying that. I mean, Russell Wilson, late round pick. Uh, Bobby Wagner, late round pick. Sherman. Uh, the, fifth uh, round pick, fifth round pick. Right, exactly. But, my God, this guy is a bad first round picker. Like, what? Well, let me read you some of his first picks through like the past four years, okay? Jermaine Assetti. Probably the best one. Bad. Rashad Penny. Okay, running back. Why are you taking a running back in the first round? Come on now. Malik McDowell. Pretty sure he's in jail right now. He's not in the league. LJ Collier last year. Oh my gosh, this guy was like a day three, day two guy. And you're taking him in the first round? I mean, if you have a feeling, I guess go for it, but... Oh, my gosh. It was just bad. I mean, they took Jordan Brooks this year in the first. No one was expecting that. 
And I'm not going to hit on Jordan Brooks because he hasn't even played it down in the NFL yet. I think he's a good coverage linebacker, which might be what they needed. But, oh my gosh. At some point, you have to look at your team and address the needs, which he's not doing. He, he needs to start reaching for guys, in my opinion. I mean, the guys I listed are basically wastes of a first-round pick, okay? I feel like he needs to start doing the best player available route or, like, trade up, do some, take an offensive lineman in the first round, John Snyder. Why? The O-line is the worst group on your team, and you refuse to draft any O-lineman in the first or even, like, the second round. Like, I just don't understand it, and I, I get it. The Seahawks are good, and he actually made a trade, a good trade in my opinion, for trading for Jamal Adams like two weeks ago or whatever it was, and he gave up some first-round picks for him, which might honestly be the best thing possible because they're so bad at drafting in the first round, but at some point, some scouts need to be fired, or your director of college personnel needs to be fired, like, there, there is no excuse on why a team this good drafts so bad in the first two rounds. You have a top three QB in the league, and I'm not going to say they're failing him, but... Are they maximizing him? They're not maximizing I mean, imagine Russell Wilson with a good old line. Now, I get it. The DK Metcalf pick was a great pick. If he can stay healthy, he's looking like a stud receiver. Tyler Lockett, great target, you know? They, they have some targets for him. Will, Will Disley, another late-round pick, who, who's actually pretty dang good. So he has targets, but Russell Wilson has to run for his life every play. Okay, you're not going to win a Super Bowl doing that. All right? You cannot name a Super Bowl-winning team with a bad O-line. Shoot, you might be able to only name one team in the entire NFL that's good with a bad O-line, and that's the Seahawks themselves. So I just feel like he really needs to go out and get some dang O-linemen and just draft better. So that's just that's, that's a guy I just do not understand. Got it, got it. I think the Seahawks fans are, gonna hit, are kind of hit and miss with Snyder as well, so I understand the pushback. Um, who's your favorite general manager in the game at the moment? My favorite general manager is Brett Veach. I think that he's done a great job. And honestly, I think that he's going to potentially do what I hoped my Packers would do, which is maximize an all-time quarterback talent in Patrick Mahomes. You know, we they go out there and get Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We go out and draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement after he just leads us to the NFC Championship game. And we don't give any help on defense. We don't get him a wide receiver this year. I mean, we have really wasted away Aaron Rodgers. I see Veach making boss moves to maximize Mahomes. So that's my favorite GM right now at the moment because he's everything I wish our management was, okay? But who's your favorite general manager at the moment? So this is also going to come to a surprise to you, I, I think. Uh, obviously, I really like Beach and all the guys in my top five, but my personal favorite GM right now is Chris Ballard uh, from the Colts. And this really started when I first watched the uh, Colts documentary on their, like, draft thing. If you know what I'm talking about, it was yeah. great. If you uh, if you haven't watched it and you're listening, go out and look up um, with the next pick. It's like a five-episode series on YouTube. It's like a total of, like, 40 minutes. It won't take long at all, but it is 
very well done. It tracks the Colts' progress throughout like the uh, their scouting stuff and the draft. And I just love Ballard on there. He is my favorite GM. I really believe in what he's doing. Uh, he's a great leader in the room. He knows how to command a room. He has great vision for the team. I think he has a great relationship with their owner, uh, Ursay. And in my opinion, they're just a QB away. Like, the Colts have been stacking up pieces on that team for a few years. I think they need probably another good corner and maybe another guy on the D-line. Um, but I think they're one QB away um, from really being elite, an elite team who can compete. Uh, if I had to give one general manager to trust to build a team from the bottom, if my team was the worst in the league, I am hiring Chris Ballard. Uh, my favorite thing about him is he builds the team inside to out, okay? So he builds the trenches first. He, I mean, the Colts O-line is undoubtedly one of the best in the league. You have uh, Quentin Nelson, who's an absolute beast, probably the best guard in the league easily. Um, and he's getting D-line better. I love the trade of Eric Armstead from the 49ers. You You're, mean DeForest Buckner? Er, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. No, you're Wrong good, man, guy. you're good. So he goes out and gets Buckner uh, with the 13th pick. And he realized that uh, there was really no one on the board that he wanted. Like, obviously, there were some guys he could use, but no one would have an impact such as Buckner, you know? He's a already he's a bona fide start. He's already proved himself, um, which is what they need on that team. And I, I just really love Ballard. He has a quote um, where he says he doesn't care who you are, where you came from. He doesn't care if you are the lowest guy on the totem pole. If you're a scouting intern, if you have an opinion on a player, speak up because he knows that. Everyone in the building is trying to build a great team, and he knows that he can't do it by himself, so everyone has to work together. Um, and like I said, he just commands the room the right way. Uh, he's not a selfish GM. You know, he doesn't abuse his power. He knows he has the most power there besides the owner, but he doesn't abuse it. Uh, I love Ballard. This is a little in the future, but uh, if I was Chris Ballard, I think what he should do is uh, if they have like a decent season this year, I don't think Philip. Obviously, Philip Rivers is not the answer at quarterback. This is kind of a stopgap QB, but they're going to remain. They're going to be decent with Rivers. I think he should trade the farm for Justin Fields. In all honesty, I think he should trade up top three to get Fields. Because if you look, once you get Fields, you're ready to roll. I mean, they don't really need a whole lot more on that team besides, like, the corner and another D lineman, like I said. But you can get those guys through free agency or later in the draft. Uh, I think he should, like, make a bold move. I think he's building the team first, and then I think he's going to try and be more aggressive like he did with Buckner. And, uh, obviously, I don't think he will trade up for field, but I think he's capable of doing it. Um... So, yeah, I definitely have to go with Ballard. I like him a lot. I like his vision. Uh, definitely a guy who I would love to work for. Uh, I will definitely be applying uh, for any internships the Colts have in their scouting department when the time comes. So, uh, lastly, I guess we'll just talk about what he did this year. You know, he doesn't have a first-round pick, but he has two seconds, and he goes out and gets Michael Pittman from USC and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, those are two explosive guys. He knows he knew the offense needed to get more explosive. Uh, 
So he went out and got two starters in the second round who are really going to contribute and might be all pros. I mean, it's just great what he's doing in Indianapolis. And I'm really excited to see what he does in the future. And I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for them. No doubt. I think the Colts had a very good draft. Jonathan Taylor was my running back number one. I don't care what anyone says. He was the best running back in the draft. I don't care what anyone says. Like I said, Pittman was a great pick. But you mentioned quarterback. Keep your eye on Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason was a huge steal. Mm, and he, he definitely. Could, he definitely could, agree on that. He could be the quarterback of the future. You mentioned they're a quarterback away. Maybe Eason is the guy. We shall see. Well, man, it was good talking to you. It was great catching up with you, you know, talking some sports, you know. Anything else you want to plug in or, you know, talk about or say before you exit the juice alert? Um, not too much. Uh, just everyone be safe out there. The world really is crazy in 2020. Uh, it seems like every, every day there's something new, you know. We're not even sure if we're going to have a football season. Uh, NFL is looking uh, optimistic. I, I'd say pretty optimistic. College football, who knows, man, really, who knows. I pray there's a season, but it, it, it's really up in the air right now, so, you know. Wear your mask, everyone. Be safe and uh, try and finish out 2020 strong. Well said by my good friend Joe Disher. You know, I'll put this out to you guys. And, yeah, appreciate you, Joe, for coming on the show, man. Thanks, man, for having me. It was a blast. No doubt. Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please also note that the Juice Alert Sports Podcast is not just a YouTube channel. It is available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. This podcast is my favorite thing in the entire world right now. It is my passion. I want more people to listen to this podcast. I really want this podcast to grow. Also, a fun fact about me is that I want to go into the sports broadcasting and media world once I graduate from the University of Toledo, a college in Northern Ohio. I am looking to become one of the next great sports broadcasters and analysts out in the world. And I potentially would like to start my own network if this podcast really truly grows. Or if I fall short of that goal, I would love to work for a big time network like ESPN or Fox Sports 1. I am open to all networks. So if you believe in my dreams and you see or hear my passion through the screen, be sure to tell all your friends about the Juice Alert Sports Podcast. Stay motivated, you guys. Have a God-blessed day, and I'm out.